You are listening to a sermon podcast from Kingdom City. We pray that over the next few moments, you will be blessed, equipped, and empowered to bring the reality of God to your world. Okay, everybody, welcome to church. Welcome around the world. Wherever you are, we're glad you're here. Everybody is live in the room. Everybody is live in your room. And whether you're in a hub, whether you're in a home, whether you're in a big venue or a small venue, whether you're behind a small device or whether you're with lots of people, every country, every city, God bless you. Thank you for joining us. What an outstanding season we are in the middle of because I feel like the world is awakening again. The Lion of Judah roars in this hour till earth comes alive, till earth wakes up again with glorious grace, truth and power. And how many know that the King of the Kingdom is still and has always been the King of His Kingdom? And He's still on the throne and He's still reigning in this season. And His heart is that everybody around the planet today would know infinite love that is beyond reason. Father, we just ask right now that Your Word would not only touch hearts, but awaken spirits. It would revive all those who need a touch from You and even those who don't, and they don't realise it, but they do. And Lord, I just thank You that You would go beyond our mindsets and our limitations and our expectations and be the Ephesians 3.20 God that You are able to do exceedingly abundantly and above all that we could even ask, think or imagine. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. 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 If you're standing, you may be seated. If you're seated, stay awake. (laughs) You know, here we are. Can you believe it? We're in the middle of November. Only seven weeks till 2022. And the world is reawakening in the last few weeks. And in fact, I want to show you just... Uh, a great opportunity to globally show you some of our cities. In fact, all of them that are meeting again. Here we are in India, they're meeting again. I don't know if you can see that. In Mexico, they're gathering again. Look at that. I'm looking for the tacos. There they are, the salsa chips. Yes, looks uh, very... India, I'm looking for the curry. No, can't see it yet. All right, and then of course, in, in South Africa, look at that, in Johannesburg, they're meeting again. And in Lusaka, Zambia, there's Humotso with a blender, I think she's preaching on. That's amazing. Uh, amen. And then, of course, in London, we got our family regathering again. And in Dubai, Sparky and Rainy are there as they're about to take it on. And Jai and Danny are about to come back. So great to see our family in Dubai meeting last week. And then here we are in Botswana, Habarone. Multiple services, filling it out. Kids, youth, adults, so good. There's Pastor Julian who preached a great word last week. So good. And then here we are in Cambodia. The family all around Cambodia meeting, enjoying coffee, food, meeting. This is so good. It's all happening there. And, uh, and here we are in Indonesia, in Surabaya meeting and praying. And in Bali, having a great time. There's Pastor Steve bringing a word there. Incredible, so exciting. And uh, now we go to East Malaysia, Kota Kinabalu and Kuching, where we're gathering again. Powerful services in, in the other cities around Malaysia, Johor, Ipoh and Penang. Great to see everybody meeting again. I don't know about you, but these pictures just do me good. They just, they just, 
Make Me Alive Again. Singapore, there it is, in the Capitol Theater. Wow, so good. So good. Uh, wow. Looking forward to getting back there for sure. And then, uh, of course, right in KL, everybody met at the convention center. Even if you needed a, a, a piggyback ride, whatever you had to do to get advantage of, and, and three amazing full services each week growing as we meet at the convention center again. So good. And then right across Perth, we met in all our locations. Amazing. So good, so good, so good. There's a lot happening. There's a lot happening. And you know, we want to send all our love to everybody in Auckland, Sri Lanka, Hobart, that have not yet had the chance to meet. Sri Lanka's gone back into some restrictions. But you know, the Bible does say in everything to give thanks. So let's give thanks to God for all that He's doing right now. We give you thanks, Lord. And you know, here's the thing. Every now and then you got to stop, take a stock take and not get overly uh, depressed or excited based on short-term movements. But look at what God has done over 20 months since this pandemic began. In the 20 months since essentially services shut down, now they're reopening, but in the 20 months since they shut down, when you think the whole church, you know, we were talking to um, Dr. Michael Maiden who said one out of four churches in America have shut down. One out of four in the last 20 months. One out of four, just get your head around that. And, and you know, um, I can't give you context or explanation, but all I know is God is still somehow breathing and we've been so privileged, so blessed, so covered, so protected. And while one out of four is shutting down, we've been growing, we've been adding. You know, here's what's happened. We've also, New Zealand has joined our church family in the last 20 months. Mexico, South Africa and India joined our church family in the last 20 months. Connect groups have grown from almost 6,000 to almost 11,000. The church has almost doubled in connection over the last 20 months of 549 new connect groups. Wrap your head around that. That's not people, that's new connect groups when church hasn't been allowed to meet. 580 people that we know of have been water baptized. That's, that's remarkable. In a time where you couldn't have church, 580 people have been water baptized. And as far as we know, 4,196 recorded decisions for Christ. Wrap your mind around that. Over 4,000 people have said yes to Jesus. Probably a lot more. These are the ones where we've recorded names and we know who they are. I, I don't wanna go too fast across this because you're like, what? What? Yes. In a time when they shut down church globally, all of this has happened. What's about to happen now that we're reawakening? What's about to happen now that we're re-engaging? And then here's the, here's, the, here's the real incredible thing through this entire season. As you may or may not be aware, we have launched an online campus. And this online campus is not just a nice little group. There's right now, as it stands, I understand over 1,500 people who belong to the campus. Not, not who are watching the material, they actually belong to the campus. Wow. And, you know, there's, I think, over 50, 56 connect groups in the online campus that did not exist before this. And, you know, I want to 
just for a second, be a little nostalgic and think about the weekend that we went from 55 weekend services to one. We literally went from 55 services globally around the world and now more starting as you saw, to now one. And I remember sitting there in my living room going, wow, this is different. This wasn't planned. But you know what? The online service has been such a gift. And you're a part of the online service right now, wherever in the world you're watching. But this online service has not just been the effort of one person, one man or one woman. I want to take a minute just to honour right now the media team, the production crew, the worship team, the pastors, the preachers, the translation team. So many people have been a part of it. Kids, youth, adults. Come on, give them a big hand right now. Amazing job. Well done, well done, well done. If you've appreciated it, come on, give them some love right now. They can't see you or hear you. But so many people have been a part of making this happen. So many people. This online service is like a gift that has actually strengthened and enlarged and grown when we could not, all of a sudden we couldn't meet, but we, could, we still had the internet and, and incredible things happened. And I want to tell for a second, just, I know I'm speaking to the choir, but this online campus has now had an online service. They're two different things. The campus are the people. The service is what you're a part of right now. And you know, we are so grateful that the online campus has some incredible advantages. Here, here's some advantages of the online campus. We are literally reaching the world. You know, the, the, the content from the online service has gone to well over 140 countries. There's 193 countries listed in the United Nations. We are reaching over 72, 73% of them that we know of. And, and, and beyond just where the content is going, even our online campus, I want you to just digest this. We're in 14 countries and you know, it's an, it's an amazing thing to celebrate all the countries we're in. But just the online campus, beyond the countries we're in, there are another 46 countries that we are not physically in that people now call themselves Kingdom Cities their home. So right now, you thought it was just, you know, Mexico, South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, Cambodia, blah, 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 etc. Sri Lanka, Indonesia, Malaysia, I'll get it wrong. But Kingdom City now exists in these countries. Belgium, Canada, China, Colombia, Costa Rica, Ecuador, El Salvador, Finland, France, Germany, Ghana, Hong Kong, Ireland, Japan, Kenya, Laos, Nepal, Netherlands, Nigeria, Northern Ireland, Oman, Pakistan, Peru, Philippines, Poland, Qatar, Rwanda, Saudi Arabia, Scotland, South Korea, Taiwan, Thailand, Tanzania, United States of America, Vietnam, and Wales. Wow. Truly reaching the world. Truly reaching the world. One of the benefits of a service like this, it can literally go where there's internet. And, and, and that's just part of the online campus. And, and here's another advantage. You never get to miss church. It doesn't matter what's going on, you know. Um, you know, I think of my dad who's obviously, for those of you who don't know, he's been through this battle with cancer for the last six, seven months. And he's, he's cancer free now by the grace of God. And, and that's an that's we're so grateful to God for that. But over that seven, eight months, he's not been to church. He, he's missing it, but he's never missed it. This service means you never have to miss it. And you don't have to go through a long battle like that, even if you're away because you're traveling or stuff happens or kids are sick or life happens. You never have to miss church. You get to be at church all the time. In fact, if your city goes into lockdown, 
in the future, let's be honest, anything's possible. Auckland thought they were running free and now they're neither running nor free. And yet they never miss church. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. We've stopped predicting from about 20 months ago. But think about it. You don't just never miss church. You can reach the world and not miss church. You can start to share links. You know, our links have been shared. Uh, Rob was giving me some data and it's just staggering. I'm not telling you these stats so you can make sense of them, just to give you an idea. Since the pandemic, since it started in 2020, March, since we shut down anyway, there's been almost 1.3 million hours of content being viewed. Just get your head around that. I don't even know how many days or weeks or months. 1.3 million hours of people devouring Kingdom City content. Um, And there are followers and subscribers from 583 different cities, not countries, because there's not not that many countries in the world. And and the content has been played, I think, just under 5 million times. There's different songs, kids stuff, youth stuff. It, It is just... Mind-boggling numbers because I just want you to understand that because of this gift that God's given us, we can now never miss church no matter what government you're under and no matter what legislation or what rules or what restrictions. And even if you happen to feel like you're trapped, you can send this to the rest of the world and we can reach the world and we never have to miss church. Aren't we grateful to God? We're grateful to God for that. But, there's always a but. Every coin with a head also has a tail. Not feeling me? Every two-edged sword cuts both ways. This is the real part. This is now where you're like, oh, okay, where now? What was he doing? If you don't like that, too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. So I'm suggesting that even though there's major advantages to the online service and all that God's done, There are also, could there be some dangers? Now, this isn't a danger. This is beautiful. There's countries viewing, enjoying it, loving the positive side of it. Thank God for that in different nations. But then the dangers of online service. What could go wrong? I'm glad you asked. Could some people... See, I, I asked a question because I'm not making a statement. Because I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the other guy watching this. <laughs> Let me put it to you this way, in clear English. If you're in a city that is gathering, and you can, but you're just lacking the motivation or the energy, well, let me give you an analogy. You have the energy to go to the shops, to the movies, to the restaurants, to the mamaks, but you don't go to church because... Wow, praise the Lord, the advantages of online services. I can reach the world. There is a challenge around that that could actually be causing us trouble. Here, there's a scripture that warns us of this. It says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And here's the connection of what he's talking about. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Because in in Acts 2, they were meeting daily and in Hebrews 10, they're clearly not meeting daily and the writer's saying, stop the separation. And now that we're in this prophetic season in November and December where you can, a lot of places start to meet. Don't give up meeting together just because now there's an alternative. Let's actually spur one another on. And you're like, yeah, but I'm already here. I'm in the room. And you might be in a hub tonight 
today watching in one of the countries thinking, look, there's hundreds of us here. We're all good. Yeah, but here's the part I want to point you to. It says spur one another on. Do a bit of spurring right now. Come on, spur the person next to you. So I'm spurring you. I'm spurring you. I don't even, I didn't say spit. I said spur. Spur one another on. I spur you. I don't know. Whatever that means, spur one another on. So here's the point. Rather than going, well, I'm all right. I don't mind. Go and find the person who's just getting... Look, here's a, here's a confession. I really love tracksuit pants. I have, since the pandemic, quadrupled my tracksuit pants. I mean, I have bought some of the most unbelievable tracksuit pants you could ever have. And I don't see the point in jeans or, or, or normal clothes anymore. I've got to be honest with you. I praise God for tracksuit pants. Tracksuit pants used to be for running and exercise. Now they're just for living. And honestly, I get it. See, I'm clearly not talking about those who are sick. I'm not saying if you're, if you're sick, you're being lazy because I said that's one of the advantages. But I am suggesting that not only are some getting lazy, but, but potentially caution is also breeding fear. That's right. So, so here's what is potentially happening. People are like, oh, we just got to be cautious. There's a virus in another country. We just got to be cautious. And caution is good. If you're about to cross a major freeway, caution is good. If you're about to run across the tarmac in an airport, caution is good. If you're about to, you know, do anything out of this order, out, you know, caution is not a bad thing. But caution magnified can end up becoming a breeding place for fear to grow. And you don't realize it, but caution or even carefulness. Well, is that a good word? Carefulness? You like being careful? Carefulness becomes a Trojan horse for fear. And so under the whole idea that, you know, we just got to be careful. Gotta, because he, here's the problem. Trusting science is becoming scary. Let me give you a real practical example. People are like, you know, everybody should get vaccinated to, for, the, for the public safety of everyone else. This is really bad. And those same people, when I say, okay, we need to jab your 12-year-old kid, they're like, oh, no, no, don't do that. So they're like, but which part of science are you going to believe? I, see, I'm, not, I'm not here to argue about the science. I'm here to argue that trusting in anything apart from God is risky. And even what you think, I'll definitely trust that doctor. He's being sued. I trust that scientist. He's lost his credentials. I trust, and you don't know who to trust. That's why apparently it's only God we trust. And, 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 and the God we trust, here's the thing, the God we trust does not give you fear. Fear does not come from God. In fact, look at this verse, which you all know so well. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and of a sound mind. And the problem is fear has become like this glib word. It's become, we've become almost desensitized to fear. I love the NIV version. For the Spirit of God gave us, the Spirit that God gave us does not make us timid. So I want you to do an internal assessment. Are you feeling timid? It is no longer a function of your Enneagram. It is no longer a function of your personality. For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid. So assess the timidity within you and go, well, where did it come from? Because it's not God. And if it's in God I trust, it's not a song we sing. It's actually a, a mandate we, we, we live by. But this God gives us power, love and self-discipline. 
power, love and self-discipline. Power, love and a sound mind. God did not give you, and He calls fear a spirit. He calls fear a spirit. So stop, stop, stop swallowing the spirit thinking, well, I'm just being wise, I'm just being cautious. I understand that in the context of some situations, but could there be a risk with the online service that is not only now causing us to get a little atrophied, it's actually causing us to get a little fearful. And then yet, it's a two-edged sword because there's some parts that cut through barriers that have never been reached. And there are some parts that are cutting us and maybe hurting us. There's a head and there's a tail. Too much of a good thing in some contexts can be a bad thing. There are people in some parts of the world that have nothing but this. Well, you are so blessed and we are so glad we did it. And that's why we will not stop doing it for every one of you who feels isolated so far, because you can't get to a place where we can gather. You can't, in fact, you, you have just courage living where you're living. And so we have absolute privilege, humility and joy in bringing this to you every day, every service, every week. But I'm also in the same voice speaking to people who are gathering in hubs and they're not sure whether they should spur their neighbour on. Ah, it's, a, it's your choice. But I wanna tell you today, today's the day you spur one another on. We start to awaken, you nudge, you poke, you push, you get them going. Because God did not give you a spirit of fear. He did not give you that timidity. So shake it off, break it off. Say, that's not who I am. That's not where I'm at. That's not what I'm gonna give into. Jesus conquered death and rose from the dead. So we can conquer fear and rise from the bed. Like you, whatever it is that you think is so deadly and evil, God took death out of the equation. And He said, even death has lost its victory. Grave has lost its, its, its sting. And so here you have the advantages that accelerate evangelism and strengthen connection because you never miss church and you can reach the world. And the same thing, the danger can develop not only atrophy, but actually lock you into bondage. The same service. Because, yeah, but I'm listening to the Word. Isn't that good? Yes, it is. But if it's causing you to live in tracksuit pants and now live with a new normal, you're like, that's it. I'm not even watching anymore. See, listen, I'm here to bring the Word of God to suggest to you that God wants His body not just alive, but alert, not just alert, but active, not just active, but ready to do what nobody else can do. There is no bondage that Jesus didn't die to break. There is no atrophy that He has not the power to shake. He is God and He can literally do the whole lot. And, 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 and on top of that, you know, we're building all these buildings. Like, can, can, can you at least come? I mean, we've got this beautiful building in Auckland that's going to be ready. Oh my gosh, can't wait to see that. In Bali, we're getting a hub. In Ipoh, we're getting a hub. Canningvale, massive renovations coming up. In Butler, praise the Lord. Butler and the second coming of Christ, it's a close race. And Kuala Lumpur. That's just the ones in motion. In your city, there's hubs, there's locations. Now, if you're in one of the countries and the cities that we're in, we're building these buildings. Please come. You know, God's house. It's not our house, it's God's house. 
the Bible says that zeal for your house consumed me. They saw a side to Jesus they had never seen before because they walked in and they, they were like, whoa, uh, he's really fired up this morning. Lord Jesus, meek and mild, look upon the lamb and the child. Why aren't you kissing people? And he forms a whipper cords and gets all nasty in there, drives them all out. And their observation wasn't, geez, had a bad morning. Somebody get him coffee. Wow, what happened to the Lord himself? They observed not anger, they observed zeal. And maybe in the journey you've lost your zeal for the house. It didn't say zeal for God, zeal for God's house. They remember the verse, zeal for my house. See, some people in spiritual language, we don't need buildings, we just have the Lord. We don't need people, we just have the Lord. That is the slowest road to deception because it sounds so true. It sounds so powerful. It sounds almost noble and godly. And yet he said, it's not good for man to be alone and that we should meet together. We should gather together. And I want to declare to you that God's house is not just a ho our house. God's house is a lighthouse. The Bible says that we are a city on a hill and the light shines far and bright and that light attracts others. It provides safety. God's house should be a place of safety where people can gather, where people from afar addressing the, the, the winds and the waves of the storms they're in and they see a light. They're like, let's head towards the light. People are gonna come from far in your city, in your place. And if they're coming to see the light, are you gonna be part of that light? Because you are the light of the world. It's, it's not the bulb that's the light of the world. You are the light of the world. And if you're not in the house, how can it be a lighthouse? It's a lighthouse. It's also a storehouse. The Bible says that bring the tithe and the offering into my house, that there may be food in my house, in the storehouse. See if I will not open for you the windows of heaven. And it's not just a place where people are going to gather. It's a place where people are going to feel nourished. They're going to get fed, where their reserves are going to be built, where there's going to be provision. It's not just, oh, should I gather? If you can gather, gather. Everybody say gather. Come on, spur one another on. Come on, give, give them a spur moment. God's house is a lighthouse, it's a storehouse. You guessed it, it's a greenhouse. God's house is a greenhouse. I, 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 you're like, where's the verse? Potter's hand, refiner's fire, it's in there. Look somewhere, you'll find it. But I wanna say this in all seriousness. It is an, a place and an atmosphere. There's some things you're never gonna get from, a, from an alone space that you'll find in a corporate atmosphere. Now, if you're sitting in the online campus going, oh, I feel so sad, you know what? I'm telling you, there's going to be opportunities for revival to hit all those countries I named. And you never know, you might become the pastor. See, the lighthouse, people gather in a storehouse, people get nourished in a greenhouse, people grow. And, and so this thing about regathering and this unusual season of reawakening is not just about convenience around meetings. It's about waking something up and saying, God, I don't want fear to rot in my bones. I don't want laziness to corrupt my very cells. Wake me up with the fire and the presence of God because I realize I'm part of a lighthouse, a storehouse, a greenhouse. Yes, you've heard all the ads. You've seen all the promos. Yes, I'm unashamedly wearing the shirt. I'm suggesting to you that this is not about a program. This is about putting yourself into a space. After two years of turbulence, after two years of craziness, we are deciding we're going to stand together and we're going to go deeper. We're going to get our nets tighter. We're building a net. We're going to strengthen the core. We're going to stand in any storm. We are hungry right now for more. There is an awakening that is happening around the world. The Lion of Judah is roaring in this hour till you come alive again.
alive in the name of Jesus. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Whatever song you like, it's all saying the same thing. You know, recently I've spoken a lot on unity. I've spoken about the power of unity and what it means. And the reference is Acts 2 where it says, on that day they were in one heart, in one place. And we talk about one heart because that sounds like the more important thing. But I would suggest to you that uh, today I'm talking to you about one place. Because we can do the one heart thing, but if you have the ability and the access and the health to be in the one place, this is no longer logistics or convenience. You are part of a dynamic equation that is bringing light, storehouse, and green growth to the others that are in your world. You know, how can you spur one another on unless you are with one another? How can we encourage one another unless we're with one another? How can we bless one another unless we're with one another? How can you forgive one another unless someone sits next to you that can offend you? How can we actually, okay, the last one might not be a real uh, attractive point, but I'm trying to suggest to you that our growth is tied up. And guess what? This isn't now about replacing connects. God has allowed this pit stop for us to reestablish a foundation of personal devotion to Christ, of two and three gathering house to house, and we are never replacing that. We're now standing on the back of that and starting to declare that in hubs, in convention centers, in halls, in homes, wherever church meets, we value gathering. We value gathering. We value gathering. Everybody say, we value gathering. We value gathering. And so while you're under the doona watching this saying we value gathering, I want you to think about what you just said and say, okay, come on, it's time to get up, get up, get up, get up out of that bed. I wanna, I wanna leave you by declaring Isaiah 60 over you right now. The first word is arise. So why don't we arise? Come on, let's arise. I wanna declare this over you right now. Arise and shine. Get up and let the glory of God begin to emanate out of you. You know, some of us have a very passive approach to, to, to God in this sense. Well, God, uh, just, just do whatever you can in me. I'm frailed, failed, fallen, flesh. No, He's telling you to rise up and He's telling you to shine. He didn't tell you just to reflect His glory. He told you to shine, which means He wants to be inside of you. And from the inside of you, He comes out. You're not dead metal just reflecting something. You have a living God inside of you. That's why you can shine. Arise, shine. Everyone say, arise, shine. Arise, shine. Spur your neighbor on. Say, arise, shine. Arise, shine. The other side, arise shine. arise, shine. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Take this as a personal prophecy. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Behold the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness. It's a horrific darkness on the people. Yes, that's the reality. But the Lord will arise over you and His glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light. Not your pastors. Not your leaders, the Gentiles are going to come to your light. 
and kings to the brightness of your rising. Kings to the brightness of your rising, lift up your eyes all around and see. Just for a second, it might be closed eyes, but open your eyes on the inside. Lift up your eyes all around and see. Here's what the scripture says. They all gather together. I don't know if you've noticed in your city, they're all starting to gather together. Yeah. Lift up your eyes and see, wow. They're coming out of their spaces and places. They all gather together. They come to you. The question is, are you there? They are gathering together. They're coming to you, but where are you? God asked Adam, Adam, where are you? He wasn't looking for a GPS location. God knows the entire place. He was getting him to self-identify that he wasn't where he was meant to be. And we often use that metaphorically. Well, I'm not in the place emotionally I should be. I'm not in the place spiritually I should be. I'm not in the place mentally. I'm asking you physically, are you in the place you should be? I'm so grateful for the advantages, but I don't want the dangers to seep in and slowly that that which was a gift to the body becomes a burden to your life. They come to you, your sons, your sons, by the way, not someone else's, they'll come from afar. Your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant and your heart shall swell with joy. Declare this over your life, receive this today. The abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. Can I hear an amen? There is a light and a glory that God wants you to radiate and emanate. And right now, all you need to do is become more conscious of the light within you than the darkness around you. I know darkness is real. Don't magnify it. Stop worshipping it. It's there. Of course it's there. Don't magnify darkness. Don't glorify darkness. Magnify the Lord and turn the light on. So right now, wherever you are, I want you to just lift holy hands towards heaven. Father, I thank You, Your glory would be seen upon everyone right now, right now, right now, that in this room right now, there's people, God, who are starting to awaken to why You've called them, to where You've placed them. God, we declare over everyone that, Lord, the light would shine out of their lives in a way that would cause them to see things they've never seen before. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you have never entered into a relationship with Jesus, we want you to know that He loves you very much. So much that He died on the cross for all of your sins that stood between you and God. If you would like to make a decision to follow Jesus today, all you need to do is to repeat this prayer. Dear God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I admit that I'm not right with you and I want to be right with you. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I believe with my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for saving me and making me your child. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or if God has done anything in your life because of this podcast, we would love to know. Email us at testimony at kingdomcity.com.